You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Take your Bibles tonight. I want to get you to, get you to go to a passage in 1 Samuel chapter 8, if you would. 1 Samuel chapter 8. Many years ago, I preached from this passage, the message that I'll be preaching for you tonight. And um, I believe it's one that is, um, I think it's still relevant and will be until the Lord comes back as far as preaching for um, the principles of our country. So for the next few minutes, if you can please just give me your, uh, your heart and attention. By the way, we have a baptism tonight. Um, Let's see, Carter Viss, um, just a couple, three weeks ago, um, went to his mom and dad talking about his salvation and got that settled uh, once and for all and is uh, real secure about his salvation. I have to tell you, there's, there's such a blessing in that. I, I've often told people, if, uh, if you struggle with your salvation, get it settled. Um, well, I said a prayer one time, and I don't know what people will, you don't worry about people, worry about yourself and get your heart right with God, and there's nothing like having peace with God, that's a real blessing. So upon his baptism, he wants to become a member of Eastside Baptist Church, that'd be a great thing to do, wouldn't it? So all in favor of receiving him upon his baptism, show forth, raising your right hand, all opposed by like sign, and just about everybody in here wants you to be a member of our church, everybody, 100%, that's exciting to me. So at the end of this message, when we go to our prayer time, uh, we're going to go back and be getting ready for, and it is nice and warm. Nice. We think we, think we got our baptistry fixed. So that is uh, it's really a blessing. All right, now if you can look up here. <clears throat> so if you'll listen carefully to the verses we're going to read tonight, and I'm not going to keep going back and forth and reference, referencing, what is that word? Referencing. Um, all the verses, I may have you go there a time or two, but, um, but I won't have to go back and read large portions of that. So if you'll stay with me, I'm going to share with you the verses, and uh, the title of tonight's message is The Danger of Covetousness in Relation to Government. The Danger of Covetousness in Relation to Government. So 1 Samuel 8, verse 1. Please follow along. Try to notice carefully the verses. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba, and his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old. Well, that was pretty nice, huh? And thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us. Did you hear what they're saying? Make us a king to judge us like all the nations. We want to be like all the other nations. So we want a king and be just like all the other nations. Verse 6, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, 
that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. Now, guys, in these next set of verses, God tries to describe to um, Israel, since you want a king and you want to set up a government different than the kind of government that you have right now, God says, with me as president, I'm the one that leads and directs. I give you guidance and you follow me. You don't like that? You want to have a king like all the other nations? Let me tell you what it will look like, and this is what it's supposed to, to, uh, to develop as. And so notice this carefully in verse 10. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set them to ear or plow, as we would know it, his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your uh, goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and ye shall be his servants. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. Well, those words have never been said any better. Over us. Can you just see the, a big government with a thumb over the top of a people? Verse 20. That we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Now, who did they say is going to go out before us to fight our battles there? Our king. They should have been satisfied with the one they had. Okay? Verse 21. And Samuel heard all the words of the people and they rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. Okay, let's pray there. God, again, thanks for the word of God and for giving us uh, open hearts and minds and eyes tonight to your word. I'm asking you, Lord, that you might feed us again from the word of God. Uh, give us a good understanding tonight about government. I just pray that our eyes would be able to see a little more clearly tonight about our own government tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just read um, some opening comments here. Just, uh, it's kind of a patriotic evening anyway. Let me give you some uh, quotes if I can tonight. 
Immediately after creating the Declaration of Independence, Continental Congress voted to purchase and import 20,000 copies of Scripture for the people of this nation. But you didn't know that. Patrick Henry, who is called the firebrand of the American Revolution, is still remembered for his words, you know what he said, give me liberty or give me death. But in current textbooks, the context of these words is omitted. Here's what he actually said. Please listen to the words leading up to those famous words. An appeal to arms and the God of hosts is all that is left us. But we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God that presides over the destinies of nations. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. These sentences have been erased from our textbooks. Was Patrick Henry a Christian? The following year in 1776, he wrote this, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For that reason alone, people of other faiths have been afforded freedom of worship here. I say amen to that. Consider these words that Thomas Jefferson wrote in the front of his well-worn Bible. I am a real Christian, that is to say, a disciple of the doctrines of Jesus. I have little doubt that our whole country will soon be rallied to the unity of our Creator. He was also the chairman of the American Bible Society, which he considered his highest and most important role. July 4, 1821, President Adams said, the highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one indissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. I don't know if you're catching all that or not, but you would be blind not to see that America was built on Bible principles. Once God told Israel, okay, you want a king, I'm going to give you a king. It was not God's number one plan. God's number one plan was for him to be president forever. But they rejected that idea, and they wanted a king over them. And once God said to Samuel, go ahead and do it, they're not rejecting you, Samuel. I know it feels like that. In essence, they're rejecting me. But give them what they want. From that moment on, that became then the accepted practice, even from God to the people. And he laid out for them what the government was supposed to look like, and this is how it's going to be. And I'd like to share with you some, some thoughts concerning that here uh, tonight. When you desire something, it's either a blessing or a curse, depending on the parameters or the guidelines that contain it. 1 Timothy 3.1 says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. And this is a good thing, because it falls within the guidelines of the Word of God. The boundaries for that desire is godly. But then Deuteronomy 5.21, listen to these kind of desires. It says, Neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. 
because those broke the Ten Commandments, uh, where we are told in Exodus 20, 17, thou shalt not covet. So they went outside the boundary of the Word of God with their desires. Those desires were ungodly desires and would bring the, the, not the blessings, but the curse of God upon the people who have desires that, uh, again, go outside of the Word of God. There are certain things that we are to desire that would be a blessing and things that if we desire uh, would become sinful covetousness to us. And that was the case here with Israel in our text. God had given them a prophet to point them to godly living. God would speak to him, that prophet was Samuel, and he would direct the people how they were supposed to live. That was going pretty good. And this was God's plan. All God required of them was to give their tithes Listen to this. You just give the tithes and offerings, which supports the Levitical priesthood, and then God would provide them with food and protection from their enemies. It doesn't get any better than that, honestly. So, this created a strong dependence upon God, which it was intended to do. It built trust in God like no other system could. Israel had no idea how good they had it with God as their president. Man, I wish we could have God as president again tonight. But boy, did they have it really good in that day and age. But Israel got a problem. They developed a problem. They began to look around them. And they saw that these other nations around us, they have a king. And they're like, man, he's dressed up in really nice robes and and his entourage looks really, really neat. And, and I wish we had a king that could, you know, could be seen and we could, you know, they didn't say it, but bow down to him, like, you know, show reverence to this royalty. And it would be so neat when we're going out to battle to have the king kind of go out before us up to a certain point. Then he fall behind for his own protection and so forth. Man, that would be really nice to have a king like these other nations have. But you know, the problem with that was, they failed to look around also and see the other things that were within those kingdoms. The idolatry and the wickedness and the debauchery and the judgment of God that was soon to come on those nations, though they had a visible king. But they looked around and said, can we have a king like that? So, after all, you know, God was way behind the times and God needed to be brought up to speed governmentally. So their thinking went. So let me give you some points tonight from this passage that America would do well to, uh, to be reminded of. And if I could just say number one, please listen to what I'm going to say tonight because I, I remember even back years ago when I first preached this message, um, how much it bugged me uh, that this was going on many years ago, but even more so tonight. Number one, we are not wise to compare ourselves among ourselves. Uh, look in verse, go back to verse 5. We're not going to read whole portions, but look in verse 5. And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us, listen to their wording, like all the nations, look in verse 20, that we also may, may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. We want to be like everybody else around us. Now, hold your place here. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And you, some of you familiar with the scripture should know where I'm at least headed in thought. 2 Corinthians 10. Everybody there? 
Drop down to verse 12. Verse 12 says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. Listen to the wording here. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Go back over to 1 Samuel. So when they looked around and started measuring by what you were like or, you know, your, I don't know, muscle size, your head size, or your height or your shortness. <laughs> Man, I wish I could be as short as, I've never heard that. <laughs> they started looking around and um, looking at the other nations. Their eyes got dissatisfied with what God was giving to them and they grew malcontent with what uh, the Lord said is the best you could ever have. I'll use the wording with me as president. And the, the, the minute we take our eyes off our sovereign leader, guys, and look around to see how we fare with others, we, we get on perilous ground. Can I say that as a nation here tonight? Please listen to what I'm going to say. When America starts looking around to other nations to determine what we really ought to be like, as if other nations are our standard, and to feel like we need to get caught up with them. I hear this statement all the time from politicians. Do you know the United States is the only nation that does this, 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 and this? All the other nations have far surpassed us in these areas. I say, amen, let them pass us up in all the ways they want to pass us up, because we don't stand on the standards that they stand on. Our standard is the Word of God. At least that's the basis we started from. And America needs to get their eyes off the other countries and be satisfied with the basis, I'll even say the basis of our Constitution, which is the Word of God. God's Word is to be our guidebook for life, liberty, and for the pursuit of happiness. Listen to Psalm 48 and verse 14. Please hear this. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Yes, that's what's supposed to happen. Proverbs 23, 19 says, Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Well, who is the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And our, our lives need to be led and guided by the Lord. George Washington made this statement. I love it. You may hear it semi-frequently. He said it would be impossible to govern without God in the Bible. Because you've ruined the foundation if you take that away. John Adams was quoted, it would be impossible to govern without the Ten Commandments. Amen. And yet we have ruled the Bible in prayer right out of our public schools and now our courtrooms and right on down the line where they want to remove our Ten Commandments if they can just get that wicked Word of God out of here because light always hurts the eyes of those who have been in darkness for so long. And America needs to stop looking around them to see how other nations are operating. We need to look to that which made us the greatest nation on earth, and that is Jesus Christ alone and the Word of God. God, help us not to become like these other people. We want to be like the other nations. Uh, and I realize we, we have a president, and that's our king, so to speak. And I get all of that. But God, help us to remember where our foundation stands, and that is developed firmly on the Word of God. Don't go and bleed out to just what all these other nations are. There's a reason we're the greatest nation on earth. Politicians today don't get that. Many don't. Number two, I want you to notice also, earthly kings required taxing. 
uh, verses 15 to 19. I don't know if you were catching all of that, verses 15 to 19. But, uh, for instance, verse 15, he'll take the tenth of your seed and your vineyards and give to his officers. He's going to look in verse 17, he'll take the tenth of your sheep. Wait a minute. Isn't, isn't that, aren't we supposed to be tithing also as part of the, the, the Levitical priesthood to help support the priests and so forth? And you're also agreeing to uh, another tenth of taxing for you as well? Well, yeah, it'll be okay because we'll have as a king then. So you're really willing to be taxed on top of the tithing that God's already commanded you to do. Yeah, because it's going to be really, really neat when we do that. You ever read through the Old Testament all the way and hear what happened as a result of all that? So God told them they'd be taxed above and beyond their tithes and their offerings. I mean, this is now God's accepted pattern. And that is the way God commands that it must be. Because God does ordain government and He sanctions government even yet today. But government by design requires support. And who else will it come from? They're going to snap it off the trees got to come from the people that the government has its thumb over the top of that's where the taxes have to come from god told them this is the way you want it. this is the way it's going to look like if you if you want a king over you this is what has to happen and sure enough <laughs> anybody think we have enough taxes government requires to be fed Government cries to be fed. The bigger the government animal, the more food it requires. You guys that have horses uh, for dogs? Which means big honking dogs. <laughs> I, seen the, I see the dog food you guys have to bring home for those things. Comes in wheelbarrows. Uh, huge, super-duper bags of dog food, and then you go back in two weeks and you got to do it all over again. Why? Because you got such a big dog. <laughs> you know the bigger the government a big dog government guess what it requires it requires to be fed and it wants more and more taxes and the bigger the government the more taxes that have to be added up but God told us that I mean wasn't God very open with them and forthright and explaining to them you guys when you do this just no one understand this is what it's going to look like sure enough government is crying to be fed and is there a do you, see, do you see a lot of politicians? Hey, do you see a lot of politicians today who are excited about shrinking the size of government and getting rid of uh, you know uh, the programs that are for their state so that you know America's government can be smaller? No, you rarely find a guy that is very anxious to shrink the government down because they might lose their job and you may not have to pay as much taxes on that. Earthly kings require taxing number three governments generate trust now we will read verses seven to nine again would you go there with me verse seven look in verse seven and the lord said unto samuel hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee for they have not rejected thee but they've rejected me that i should not reign over them according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do uh, they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. 
God's greatest concern about government in the first place was the trust that one uh, once was placed in him would be transferred now over to the government. Did you hear that? God's greatest concern about developing a humanistic government system in the first place was that the trust that used to be placed in Almighty God, when they didn't have good crops, what they do? They fell on their face and cried out to God Almighty, God, you've got to help us. And God poured the rain out and the crops came and so forth. And those people developed a solid faith in God. But once you have a government over you, once you have a king over you, you begin to develop a trust in that government. Let me tell you what, um, I don't know who you voted for, but I, I will just tell you, I'm glad who we have as president today in light of who we could have had. Does anybody else just jump up and down and say amen to that? Oh my goodness, you know what we could have had? Oh, oh, really, I feel that way. I won't go into all that. Do you know what's really dangerous about the president we have? far as I'm concerned things are a whole lot better I really the economy is is better um I mean I'm kind of excited about what was gonna is gonna happen with Roe versus Wade I'm pretty excited about the potential for that I, I'm excited that we 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 are, we are um, trying to protect our nation better and numbers of other things we could bring out I'm very excited about that is everybody listening to me right now there's a danger in everything I just said. And that danger is if we lose somebody like a President Trump who fights for our rights to be able to serve the Lord as we would uh, want to, if we lose that president, we're going to feel like we're in really, really big trouble. When we're in really, really big trouble is when we lose God. And when we're trusting in a man to get for us what really and only God can really ever give in the first place, um, I, I believe God is helping us immensely. I really believe that. I believe the uh, blessings we are being uh, entertained with tonight as a country is not the result of the President of the United States, but is the result of the mercy of a holy God. Praise the Lord for God's mercy. And guys, freely say that. Thank God regularly. God, I thank you for what you're doing for us as a nation. Please continue, God, to watch over us and keep the hand of God upon us. And thank you for the, you know, the government officials that you've given to us. And God, continue to give us men that will enable us to worship you in a greater fashion. Yes, but our hope and our trust is in the Lord. My, how America has come to trust big government to meet its needs. Would you agree with that? If I don't have a job, what do we do? If I don't have money coming in, what do we do? You know what we do. You know what America does. Who do we run to? We run to Uncle Sam. It's taught us how to trust government instead of running to God and believing that God can provide all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The more government meets our needs, the bigger government must become. Hey, look up here and listen. Listen to this statement. The more the government meets our needs, the less we want the government to decrease. We want to just keep it. 
getting bigger and bigger, especially in those areas where it meets so many of my needs. You ever heard the statement, uh, my brain has been writing checks that my body can't cash? <laughs> my brain thinks I can still run out and play football with the young guys out in the field out there and, uh, when, after church is over, and my brain thinks I can run and jump over the rocks like these kids I see them after church doing. I think I, my brain says I can do that. It starts writing these checks. My body goes trying to cash that, and there's nothing there. It's, it's bankrupt and cannot do that. I wish our government would learn that. They're writing checks that should not be cashed, but they're doing them left and right. Why is that? Because government loves getting bigger and bigger. Government generates a trust in the government itself. We have to have a a great big government. Uh, We've even come to the place where we uh, trust our government's going to fight our battles. I mean, I, and I, I love seeing um, the new weapons, and I think I mentioned this in the last message or two somewhere. Uh, I love seeing the weapons that America has created. We've got some pretty good things that are strong deterrents for our country uh, to protect us in a tremendous way, and I, and I love that. But I have to tell you guys, our weapons is not what's going to protect us. It has to come from God. Psalm 20 and verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Man, will that still be true of America? If it comes down to it and we have to be faced up with other countries that are coming up against us, maybe many other countries coming up against America, are we going to say that our trust is going to be in the Lord or I hope we've got enough weapons that can defend us? You see what government has done? It's taken away our trust from a holy God. And I know God uses government, and He can, as long as that government knows it's under the banner of God, as long as that country is reminded that the government is not my mama or my papa. God is the one that takes care of all of our needs. And thank God if He blesses our government. And thank God if He puts good men in places that will enable us to worship God like we should. But that only comes from God Almighty. And Israel lost it. They failed to see that God was the best thing they had going for them. Let me just say lastly tonight, a king is only as good as his God. I mean, thank the Lord for the kings like King David. I love reading about King David and Jehoshaphat and uh, the the other kings that brought revival into the nation of, of Israel and Judah. Uh, And I thank God for those men that led Israel into wonderful peace with the Lord. I I love those guys. But listen to me. 22 times in the Old Testament, you read these words about the kings that tried to lead Israel or Judah. Listen to the words. 22 times you hear these words. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Sorry, Israel. That's what you wanted. You wanted a man. A man that can go sour and go corrupt. You wanted a man that sometimes starts off good and ends up bad. You wanted that when you had God to lead you, and yet you chose a man. America has had some mighty presidents, and I read to you some of their quotes a while ago, and their might came from their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know as well as I do tonight, the opposite is just as true. 
There have been some very ungodly presidents who have used our own constitution to support their ungodly ways. You know that. Psalm 33, 12 told us, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Not Allah, not Reverend Moon, not Joseph Smith, not Martin Luther, not Constantine, not even Trump. Our God is the Lord. We must go back to who and what made us great. And it wasn't government. Our government is only as good as it is because it has trusted in the Lord down through the years. But our foundations tonight are shaking. You know that. Just like God told Samuel and Israel thousands of years ago, if you'll stand on the rock-solid truth of the Word of God, just stand on me. Just trust in me. Don't bring a man into the picture. Don't think that government, human government, can do a better job than what I can do. And yet, they failed to adhere to that. So should we just throw our hands up in the air and just give in and say, well, it's just it's crashing in all around us. Everywhere I look, can't even turn news on and get any kind of decent news. It's hard to read anything about America that sounds positive in the least. So do we just throw our hands up and give up? Absolutely not. I mean, we need to get on the streets and do our job as Christians. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is what is a reproach to any people. We're still going to go out on Thursday night? Yes, we're going out on Thursday night, 6.30. I hope we can find some righteous people to get out on the streets and try to help bring America back to God. That's what it's really all about. Stop listening to the liberal rhetoric and hold to our scriptural moorings God gave to us. It's our only hope, one nation under God. So there really is a danger in covetousness in relation to government. We lose our trust in the one and only rock and foundation that we ever had, and that's in God our Savior. Our, our nation needs prayer. I, I said it the other day. I hope you pray con, uh, consistently for our nation. Do you have a time anywhere in your week where the United States comes up in your prayer life, where your president, Congress, and so forth, at any time in your week, seven days, where you cry out to God that God would bring peace to our nation because God is looking down upon us in favor? We need to pray for our nation ask that we would come back to the foundation and the moorings and the parameters that made us the nation that we are today. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I think it would be a, a great time. If you have your prayer sheets, great. If not, uh, and we're going to go back and prepare for baptism right now. Let's go ahead and do that. But can I, hey, to, the, to those of us still left here tonight, I don't know if any of you would like to come to an altar tonight and just pray for our nation and ask that God would bring us to a place that we would stand on God and His Word again and not look so much to human government to try to bring to us the blessings of God because they only come from God Himself. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.